Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. My name's still Matt. Mine is still Dory. Um, so, hey, what are we going to do today? First of all, we got to say thank you to everybody. Oh, although, first of all, Dory says, please leave Apple podcast reviews. Join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Excellent Adventure. Don't forget our website. It's available at excellentadventure.com. Dory's looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Well, you just, uh, whatever. What did I do? Nothing. Keep I'm just going. trying to do what you're telling me to do. Uh, also, you can find our Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. More on that in a second. Twitter at excellent pod. Email dorianmatt at gmail.com and mattanddory at gmail.com. And our phone number, of course, is 413-461-BABY. That's all we want is one baby. Uh, anyway, that's how you remember the phone number. 434134641baby. Okay. Uh so big thank you to everybody uh who A put up with that episode last week. Uh B 
who uh, found it in your uh, generosity to support the Patreon page that we have. And uh, D. Uh, you skip C. I know. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> C. Thanks. Thank you to everyone who wrote in, who tweeted at us, um, etc. Just with your words of support, it really means a lot to know that you guys support us even when we're down. Uh, particularly when we're down. It's really all we were last week. Yeah. We were down. We were real down. We're still down. But now we're in stage two. We're in stage two of marriage, as I call it. Uh, Matt I, has invented stage two. I devised this uh, on Friday. I've decided that we're, we've moved past stage one, which would, I would describe as the newlywed phase. We were in that for two and a half years. Almost three. We're in that, we were in that for nearly three years, and now we're entering stage two. How does it feel? Great. Stage two is the stage where, sorry, we're both broken. This is what you signed up for. That's stage two, as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's funny you say that, though, because... Oh, here she goes. This is classic stage two Dory. Continue. Uh, I was thinking we... I don't know. Maybe it's like we, we have just felt more like a team lately. Is that so? Yeah. Is it because we um, are in a heat wave? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it started with you selling your guitars. If you're hearing a hum right now, it's because we have the air conditioning and the ceiling fan going. Uh, it's a hundred and I just came in. It was a hundred and three outside. My phone, my watch says ninety six. Well, I came in from Pasadena. Oh, that's does true. that help you? Should I turn off the? Ceiling did you fan? not believe me? No, I did. Honey, I believe that the people who listen to this podcast appreciate us being comfortable while we're doing it. Okay. Well, we're in this new setup that I'm still adjusting to. What is wrong with the setup? In Matt's office. I, I like being able to see you. I don't uh, like being side by side. We're not really side by side. I can also so that's absolutely why keep, That's why I keep moving to sort of like, ah, yes. Here's okay. The, here's the, you know what? That is much better. No problem. That's, that's stage beauty. two. That's the beauty of these microphones. Oh, this is this is what stage two is all about. Oh, uh, just being comfortable, guys. Just being comfortable. Uh, just really is, looking out for each other. This is the best way to do a podcast, as far as I'm concerned. I've now done three podcasts in here. And? And it's been, without a doubt, the most comfortable I've been doing a podcast. I'm really glad to hear that, honey. I'm practically sleeping. I just, well, wait, don't, don't fall asleep yet. Do you think Bo's getting sunburned? Can dogs get sunburned? Yeah. Oh, Bo. Should we cover him in sun tan oil? Should we spray him? Should Bo get tanned? He he just loves being out in the sun. Like he goes out into our backyard and he just lies down on the cement driveway. He It's 96 degrees and we're letting him just lay on the cement? Should I bring him inside? I mean, it's Hesperia's own Bo regard Bosch, so... Maybe he's used to it. Yeah. Oh, wait. I think he's inside. He probably heard us talk. Yeah, I think he's come inside. Yeah. Bo does not like to miss out on anything. No, he has severe FOMO. If we start talking, Bo comes in. You know what, though? I'm just going to go shut the door. Yeah, so he doesn't go back out. And That's also, a great plan. And also, because it's so hot, I don't want the heat to get inside. Right. Okay. Usually, B it's to not cool the outside. BRB. Okay. 
So, guys, we've had the air conditioning. Let me tell you about yesterday. We had the air conditioning at uh, set at 72, and the, the lowest it could crank it down to in here was 84 degrees. It's been a miserable... I was outside Friday night, and I know that there's a lot of you who are listening to this who, like, live in Vegas or live in the desert. Um, but uh, I was outside last night, and not last night, Friday night, and it was 103 degrees at 10:30 at night and the wind that was blowing just felt like fire. Ugh. Well, I think it's also like LA, he's on his bed by the way. Yeah. Um LA is just not equipped for this kind of heat. Like thank God we have air conditioning. A lot of people don't have air conditioning. Well, the power grid is not and equipped. And the power grid is not equipped like parts of the city lost power. It just uh, Ironically, the fanciest parts of the city lost power which I thought was hilarious because I think that's yeah. where the most central air conditioning units are. Yeah, Larchmont lost power. Okay. Anyway. So here's, here's again, thank you all for signing up on the Patreon page. Yes. Uh, bonus pods coming. We put up a thank you video uh, to everyone. Yeah, if you didn't catch it. Regardless of Lev. It's three minutes of... It's, you can see this office and yeah. what, what, what this looks like And right you now. can see Bo's FOMO. Yeah, Bo has serious FOMO. He, he gets right between us yeah. and cr- climbs up on my chair. But it's great. Now, Dory. Yes, Matthew. Would you care to explain, I think, the impetus of stage two of marriage? Okay, I didn't even see this third note, and I'm already annoyed at it. But the impetus here... Uh, what did you do without telling me? I set up a phone appointment for a second opinion. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Dory has decided to make an appointment with a, another fertility clinic to move forward on IVF without consulting me. Well... You seemed so opposed to it that I didn't even want to like have the conversation. I was like, I'm just going to make the appointment. I'll tell him later. I seemed so opposed to it that you did it anyway. Yep. This is a weird way to go into stage two of marriage. (laughs) I just, you know, so many people were saying you should get a second opinion. And I was like, I called up this clinic that's known for being like the place where people go as like a last resort. (laughs) Why wouldn't we start at the last resort? Because it's in Colorado. Oh, uh, wait, what? (laughs) What are you doing? I'm just having a phone call with them. This is crazy. I'm just having a phone call with them. Dory, you're making a point. I have no idea what that sound is. Oh, it's the next door dogs. The kooky next door dogs. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe they're barking. Well, I can. That's what they do. Anyway, um, I can't believe you made an appointment at this Colorado clinic without talking to me about, I thought, maybe Glendale. No. But it turns out you made an appointment to talk to a place in Colorado. Okay, so uh, let's walk through this together, everybody. This is a literal thing that happened. When did you, you told me while we were walking Bo in the morning on Friday. Yes, this is exactly what happened. And you, I forget how you said it to me. I think I said we should 
figure out. Here's what I said. We should figure out what we're going to do after we transfer this no, boy. No, no, no. Are, we, said, oh, are said, we even going to transfer no, this no, boy? No, no, You said we should figure out what we're going to do. Out of You said that it was a non, total non sequitur. We well, haven't been talking about IVF. My brain had been thinking. And I said, figure out what to do about what? And you said about the male embryo that we have. And I, then I was like, yeah, about that. I made an appointment for a second opinion. Yeah. So Dory's off figure. She already figured out what we're going to do without consulting. No, that's not true. I, I, I think seeking out a second opinion is something that should be consulted from both parties here. Do you want me to cancel the appointment? No, I just wish you would talk to me about it before you had made it. And, you know, if I had my vote, it would be a place uh, closer than a flight away. Okay. So. <sighs> I'm sorry I didn't consult Follow you. up to that question, to the to this conversation, rather. What do you do? What are you hoping to hear from them? Because... I don't actually know. Okay, because my guess on what you're going to hear from them is, well, we would do blah, 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 blah. You would be on this protocol, blah, 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 blah. We'd like to get you tested again on everything, blah, blah, blah. We'd also like your husband to get tested for everything again, blah, blah, blah. And it will cost this much money, blah, blah, blah. And then what? Then what? I don't know. I honestly don't know. What are you hoping to hear? I guess my question is, what are you hoping to get out of a second opinion? I would like this person to look at what CFP has done uh-huh. and say, you know what? They, they did what we would have done and... I don't think if you do another round that you're going to get better results. Uh Uh-huh. Or they'll say something along the lines of what you just said. Yeah. And then I'll be like, huh, okay. They're going to say to really, you know, we'd like you to really get a handle on everything. We'd like you to do blah, 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 blah. And every time they say blah, it it goes ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. So, look, these are, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I don't either. I thought we were putting in that boy embryo next month. I think we are. I thought that's where we had landed. I think that's where we're, we're, we're going. I think, I think why, I think partly why I want the second opinion is because I don't think that the embryo is going to work. Mm. So I'm sort of like, so then what? Well, then we're in the same spot we are now. It's just the end of August. Right. (laughs) So I don't know. It's very difficult to sort of get a handle on. Yeah. I thought we were going to run some sort of poll on the Patreon page of what we should do next. We could do that. (laughs) You've already made the decision. You're seeking out a second opinion. Yeah, but that's just like the first, that's just the first step. Yeah. Um, okay. I could also have this conversation with this doctor and hang up the phone and be like, I didn't like this guy. Or gal. It's a guy. Oh, all right. I mean, you wouldn't know because you don't want to have, you don't want to be on the call. 
Who said that? You said that. You said that. What did I say? You said, I'm not going to be on that call. Well, isn't it like during the day? Yeah, but it's like you are able to leave for other appointments. This is not an appointment. It's a phone call. This is an appointment. It's a phone consultation. What is happening? When is it? It's Wednesday at 3 o'clock. In the afternoon. Yes. I'll be at Disneyland with work. <laughs> which is like now makes me feel crazy. But it's li- that's literally the day the writers are going. Okay. So I suppose I could find a quiet place in Disneyland to be on this phone call. Now that seems crazy. Where it will sound like your lunatic husband is at a theme park. Well, you can mute your end. <laughs> Boy, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's even if we make it to Disneyland. I feel like we're going to be so busy with work. Oh, really? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we just got, if we had to cancel. Um, Okay, here's your uh, third part of the update. I guess in closing, she, she made this consultation phone call appointment without consultationing her husband. Mm-hmm. And do that. then uh, we still don't know what we're doing. Okay. We got a voicemail from CFP informing us that we owe $242 for stuff that wasn't covered by the package we bought. And Dory, that, that supposedly covers everything. <laughs> and Dory wants to tell them to fuck off with a question mark. Yeah. I'm so... What is it? They didn't say. And I didn't call them back because they called me at like four on Friday and I was in a yoga class and they close at 4.30 and by the time I got out of the yoga class, it was too late to call them. So, and they didn't say on the voicemail like what the charge was. But I'm just like... What what could it have been? God. What could it have been? Could, could, Could they... Could that billing department be any more annoying they're they're very nickel and diming they are which is literally the whole premise of, of a, a billing, billing department. department yes so i can't fault them for that but what i can fault them for is the seven dollars they made me hand over in cash that to pay the valet is so insane i i'm like still annoyed about that are we are we the minority over there of people that go into that place are people so are you mean people, does this bother anyone else yes i have no idea yeah like does this bother other people that go to california fertility partners i think also because we started going there when the parking was free and then they took it away <laughs> yeah it's even more and and also when they first started the valley parking it was ten dollars Yep, and then well, they, them knocking it down to seven dollars tells us that someone must have complained besides us. Although totally. we didn't complain about it, no. So other people must have complained. We complained about it on this podcast, but not yeah. To them. But I just wonder how they do these quote-unquote packages and will not kick parking into these packages. It's insane. Like literally, if you want to charge me. $14,536 for X amount of parkings, then charge it. Exactly. And just include it into exactly. the package. 
And you know what? You like the clinic can eat it if it's more than like 12. That You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If we have to be in there <laughs> 10 times to park, then by all means, add $70 into that cost. Don't tell me about it and make my parking free. It's so it's like it's those little things that when you're already going through so much shit, just really sticking your craw. I just can't believe we're still upset about this parking situation. I will never not be upset about it. I've well, decided. I'll never not remember the paying exact thousands change. of dollars <laughs> and then her asking to run my credit card again for the $7 parking fee that she forgot. Oh, God. I just like, were they yelled at by someone? Like, did Ringler well, get mad because I, like this parking I have been, too much? I have been told yeah. through a third party that I shall not name uh-huh. that about a year ago, they got a new office manager mm-hmm. who has instituted some new rules and it's the office manager's fault. Is this office manager into feng shui? I bet not. She said that they came to the office, the feng shui people. Yeah, but I feel like that was probably Dr. Beck's doing. But I wonder if it was like, what if she was so into feng shui that she hired out a feng shui office manager? Who's horrible? No, who loves charging for parking. Because <laughs> that's part of feng shui. Yeah, that, the charging for parking uh, is a way of, uh, it's a symbol of fertility. Oh, yeah. When you charge for parking, you you pay, you pay the amount of dollars you want of babies. Okay, cool. One baby, four, one, three, four, six, (laughs) one baby. Okay. (sighs) That does it for our updates. Unless there's anything else you'd like to mention regarding our current situation as human beings going through this. No, it just feels... I mean, tune in next week, post this uh, consultation. Yeah. Real cliffhanger here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. All right. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? I think I've said everything I need to say. Okay. I think. All right. I have a headache. I don't, I'm nauseous. I don't feel great. I, know. I have a potentially swollen gland. I don't, can't tell if it's... I think it's actually gotten a lot better. Okay. But um, but since you refuse to go to the doctor, we won't know. Well, this only started happening yesterday. Mm. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get through this together. Um, that was there was so much smoke that we were crying. So you we look, took a picture of you us look crying. Drunk. We no, it was literally that we're in my office, so my screensaver is going. So. Me, it's all these old pictures. It's me and, and, and Andy, Andrew Elder, not Secunda. Andrew Elder, my uh, best friend in college, we were up at his place in Vermont, and we built, a, we built a shanty to cover ourselves in the rain, but we also wanted to have a fire, so we had the fire under the shanty, and then just got bombarded with smoke in our eyes. Oh, dear. So uh, that, uh, that was us. We were crying. You so had a really cool, a really cool soul patch. We took a, oh, it's the coolest coolest soul patch that's my biggest regret in life i think is that soul patch it's really bad oh it's not it's terrible Mm. anyway now it's time for some email great oh he's handing me the the, it's the only thing to keep you distracted from the pictures on the screen (laughs) okay 
This is from Alan. Thank you for the last episode. The honesty and frustration and pure fucking anger at this fucking shit was refreshing to hear. You said what I've been thinking and feeling inside for the last two fucking years of debt, frustration, debt, anger, debt, and fucking depression. Fuck this shit. Love you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, is that the cycle we've gone through? I don't know. I feel like we've only gotten truly angry about it recently. Yeah. I feel like we have been kind of like... Well, we were angry about the round in February. Well, I was furious about it. So, I think it's accurate to say that it's all, It's in the last, I would say, six months that we've really gotten angry. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, we feel you, Alan. Alan, thank you we for writing in. We fucking feel whoa, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, he is fucking a lot. I know, but you didn't have to. Oh, okay. You're so rude. I'm not What rude. if Mo hears you and then starts saying it at school? That would be weird because he's a dog and he well, can't talk. they talk in dog language. Mm, all right. You hear him when he tries to get us to take him out. I do hear him. Yeah, he's talking. But he's not saying he's swear saying, words. He, well, that's because he doesn't, he's not around them. Oh. All, all right. right. This is from Becca. Hello. Hi, Becca. I am Becca. I am Matt. No IVF journey for me. Just been listening from the beginning. Thank I envy you, you for your real, real episode. Let me explain. Okay. I'm a pediatric oncology nurse case manager. Mm-hmm. I have the power to give away free parking at my discretion. You motherfucker. Guess which families get free parking? They all do. <laughs> Why? Because it sucks to have a sick freaking child and have to pay for parking. I'm a two-time cancer annihilator, not survivor or warrior. Side note, when people say congratulations to me surviving cancer, I can't help but reply, yeah, yay me, I didn't die. Well, yes, yay you, you did not die. I always wondered why I had to pay for parking to get treatment so I don't die. (laughs) Meanwhile, the doctors with their fancy cars park right in front in the free spaces. Don't get me started. And yes, I'm comparing an IVF journey experience to cancer. (laughs) Why? Because I can, and each journey can fucking suck. They are life-altering, stressful, and painful. Anyways, I was having a hard time of things and feeling low this morning when I turned on the podcast. Not only did the vaccination remark make me laugh so hard, it is just nice to know that I'm not alone. No matter what the struggle, everyone gets down. Life is a wonderful, joyous thing. It can also be frustrating, hard, gut-wrenching, and expensive. This is why I listen, because not everyone gets the life they planned or wanted. I know that lesson all too well, and it is nice to know I'm not alone. Keep on keeping on and do you, whether it is upbeat, Matt and Dory or sullen and miserable. Either way, I will be listening. P.S. I apologize for swearing, but it is the real me. P.P.S. My email is funny because I am a heathen. Oh, she might be the most powerful emailer ever. She can not only give away free parking, but she can compare cancer and IVF journeys. Totally. She's very powerful. She's allowed to. I wish, uh, I wish parking was free. I don't know how many times I can say that out loud. I've, I've, I thought that was how the whole secret thing, you know? You manifest things into I'm existence. Trying to put that out of the universe yeah. that we have free parking. It just hasn't it. worked so far. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll work now. Okay. Um, do you want to read an email or do you want me so to keep going? It's so funny that I keep parking on the street when I go there. Oh, I do too. Whenever I, get, whenever I, can, whenever I have the time to get a street Whenever spot. I have the time or it's not street cleaning. Yeah. Right. Street cleaning makes it harder Street cleaning, to find. Yeah. It's nearly impossible. Yeah. Uh, we'll be right back with some emails. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombus just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Made you see with clarity. Um, yeah, and if you just go to the URLs, it actually, that even that helps. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Guys, we're talking click through here. Yeah. You want an easy way? Let's say you can't afford to support us on Patreon and maybe you're not quite ready to order things from our sponsors, but you do want to check them out, the best way to help us will be to click through on those links that yeah. Dory writes into the description. Just click on those links. It, it, I didn't it, know that. Yeah, it hel- It shows the advertisers that people are listening and checking it out. So that's an easy way to help us. Oh my God. Guys, please do that. Yep. Really simple. Very maybe, simple. maybe you're at your computer right now. A lot of you stopped the podcast to email. 
I'm asking you right now to stop the podcast to click through that link. Yeah, click on the link. Take a gander. See yeah. if you need some contacts or, or some, some meat, meat delivered. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to read this email from Susie. Uh, hey, Matt and Dory. Hi. Totally sucks that you guys got no embryos from this cycle, and it sucks that you guys seem to have had more, far more than your fair share of bad luck. It's crazy. What bothers me a lot when we have gone through a cycle or an FET in the past is that when people seem to be able to see into the future and say things like, oh, I totally think this is going to work. Hmm. I feel like asking them where they bought their crystal ball. I know they're trying to help, but it's really not helpful when people guess at these things. Another one I find hard to hear is stay positive. Sometimes you just don't feel like staying positive in a shitty situation. So I'm not about to say the same to you guys. But what I do want to say is that I really, really hope it does work out for you as you totally deserve it to. And for what it's worth, I think you're dealing with the whole situation so, so well. And your honesty about everything and all the emotions involved is very refreshing to hear and so genuine. You guys are great. Thank you very, very much again. All the best of luck. Susie from Edinburgh, Scotland. P.S. I love startup a novel, Dory. <laughs> you called Edinburgh Edinburgh? Oh, yeah, Edinburgh. <laughs> Honey. Yes, dear. She loves your novel. She does. Start up a novel by Dory Shafrir, available in paperback at Target. Um, I also hate when people say, I know this is going to, I know this, this is going to be your Who cycle. has said that to us? People, people said that to me. Oh, no one has been foolish enough to say that to me. And I'm always like, yeah. Like, it's, it's almost like they think like, God, like, because I, I feel like we've talked about this before. Like, with, with everything else, it's like, if you try hard enough, like, eventually, you'll succeed. And I feel like people have that in their heads. Like, well, they've they've done so many rounds. Like, surely mm -hmm. this one will work out. And it's like, no, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily work that way. Yeah. I don't mind if people say, I know this is the round. And then I go, what do you mean? And they say, I know this is the round you're going to pay the lease for parking. I'm into that. That's my kind of that's my kind of prediction. <laughs> All right. Otherwise, eh. yeah, not into it. Not into it. Dory Shafrir, not into it. Hashtag not into it. Dory Shafrir, writer of startup a novel now available in paperback at your local Target. Maybe you're at Target and you feel like, hmm, I want to support the podcast, but I can't get contacts here. But you probably can. Um, but let me just buy this book. That's a great way to support the podcast. Done. It's a great way to support Dory Shafrir, author of A Startup, A Novel, A Paperback. Um, so Jenny wrote in. Hi, Jenny. To say that she acknowledges that we've both had a really rough go at IVF so far, but. Have we really had any rougher go than everybody else? We haven't had a great go. We've had a, certainly a, a rougher go than some of our relatives and friends yeah but also some of our friends have been going at it for yeah we we also decades have not had well, not decades i but. mean yeah obviously there are people who have been at this for longer yeah we acknowledge that but i think that's it's fine to acknowledge that and also say we've had a rough go of it yeah i agree um jenny wants us to know that she wants to bring up a few options that haven't necessarily been talked about in depth on the podcast. Ooh. Um, all right. Okay. 
You have one PGS normal embryo. This may not seem like a lot, but to many people who have zero PGS normal embryos, this is huge. And this may be what you need to at least have one child. You haven't really talked about transferring this embryo, so just wondering, as I'm sure a lot of listeners are, what's going on with the potential transfer for your normal embryo? Um, oh, we just talked about we, that. Well, and we have talked about that on the podcast. I don't know that we actually have gone through that on, on this show. Really? I, I, I feel like we've talked about it. We've talked about it plenty to our, each other. Right. And I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast per se, but we just talked about it up top. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, so we, listen, we know we're very lucky to have that embryo. Yeah. And uh, Thank God we didn't transfer that embryo before they fixed my septum. Uh, agreed. God. God. I'm so annoyed about that. Oh, no, I'm so annoyed about this mic stand. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's going on over there? Guys, I'm adjusting a microphone stand. Um, so. Okay, so she also says you can add HGH to your next protocol if you choose to do another egg retrieval again. Many women in their late 30s, early 40s have PGS normal embryos only added after adding HGH to their protocol. If your clinic won't do that for you, switch clinics ASAP. Sorry. Sorry. Dory, are you saying that we could both get HGH? We did. So the embryo, the round that we got that normal embryo mm-hmm. that we still have, we did there. They did add HGH to my protocol. Oh, uh, you got some HGH girl. Yeah, I did. Damn. Did you lift like super hard after that? I totally did. To be honest, I'd switch clinics anyway. Well, buckle up. Because some people just don't have success with certain labs and clinics and find success once, once they change clinics and have a fresh perspective on their case. But HGH is a complete game changer for many people having trouble getting normal embryos. How, how, if we were to do this Colorado situation, how often would we have to go to Colorado? I think we would have to go twice. Boy. Oh, I might make Delta platinum. <laughs> I'm listening. Suddenly, I'm it's suddenly more appealing. <laughs> very interested in this. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to make diamond unless we go to a clinic in Moscow. So we'd have to get a visa. I'd have to get my passport renewed. I have two visas. One is an American Airlines. The other is my B of A debit. Um, All right. She also says, Dory, you have your sister who is a proven and potential egg donor for you. So many women wish they had sisters they could ask for eggs. I actually had my sister as our egg donor and it was the best decision we could have ever made. I'm currently doing. Do we FPTs. have a Karen update to tell people? We do. Karen has said she will be our egg donor. That's so kind. It is very kind. Uh, What's also funny is she had said this like a while ago, and I just like I was like, does she really mean it? Like, being an egg donor is look, a big deal. I still deal. don't know if she means it. <laughs> and then she texted me, and she was like, "Of course I mean it. Like, I will totally be your egg donor." Now the only wrinkle is that she just had a baby. The only wrinkle in time is that it's going to take a year. It'll basically probably take a year before she's not nursing and is able to be an egg donor. Wow. And in the meantime, you know, maybe we, I don't know. Find success through other methods. Yeah. Um, CNY has the most affordable known donor program to create embryos. Whoa. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young has the most, what? This is amazing. CNY is a clinic in... Uh, I think they're in Albany, New York. Oh, I thought you said CSNY. No, I said CNY. I thought you said Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Nope. Well. 
We paid $8,175 plus monitoring, which was about $1,500. That sounds reasonable. And you keep all the embryos. You can mail your sperm to the clinic and move the embryos to LA once she completes the cycle. Do Definitely. I have to tell them I'm planning on doing anything or can I just start mailing my semen to them? You should just start mailing your sperm to them. Done. Definitely a great option if she's on board for it. Adding Pixie to your protocol proven to increase PGS normals and live birth rates. Wait, Pixie sounds a lot like baby dust. Um, that's P-I-C-S-I. Oh, okay. These are just a few off the top of my head that I wanted to share. I definitely look into the HGH at the very least. If you do another retrieval, it is a game changer for many, including a friend who was having all abnormals until she added it. Now she has two normals and is doing another retrieval with HGH to see if she can get more. Wishing you all the best. How many more does she need? Jeez. Um, four and three, four, six. One baby. One baby. Yeah, these are all good questions. I think HGH is maybe something I can ask about yeah, on this phone call on Wednesday. I'm really doing a lot of lifting lately, so. Yeah. Cool. Maybe it, maybe it helps sperm. Something tells me it does quite the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. This is from Jen. Uh, I'm so sorry for your recent and continuing IVF failures. It's hard anyway, but especially hard when you're paying for it yourself with money that should really be spent on other things like a retirement, a house, etc. Thanks house for reminding be, us. House would be nice. After my first failed IVF, I couldn't face spending so much money again for IVF, but I was not and still am not ready to throw in the towel on parenthood. Below are some things that I'm doing or thinking about doing to save costs. Getting meds from Europe, mm -hmm. done and doing. Day three embryos with no genetic testing, done and doing. Donor eggs in the Czech Republic, maybe doing. Frozen donor eggs, maybe doing. Donor embryos from California conceptions, maybe doing. Maybe these are all things you already thought of, but I thought I'd write in just in case. As always, rooting for you too. What was the day three Jen. with no... So... There are some clinics that say that transferring day three embryos mm -hmm. is better than waiting to see if they make it to blastocyst because they they think that putting them in you is a better, like it's better than growing them in the lab. It's a better incubator. Yeah. Interesting. So. We have not heard that from our clinic. No. Our they clinic, love a PGS test. Yeah. They love a PGS test. Is that just so they can have their tra their transfer um, success rates be higher? Maybe. Are they in this for the money? No, I don't think they are. <laughs> what? I don't know. I, I are the doctors in it for the money? Yes. I don't. I don't. Oh come on! You don't think they're in it for the money? I mean, they're if not. They weren't. In, I okay, mean, look, I, I, they're not not in it for the money, but I don't think they're. I don't think they're only in it for the money. I don't. I agree that okay. they're not only in it for the money. But I also think, like, I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to begrudge them. Look, they can make a great living. Make a great living. Just don't charge for parking. Really is the my only hang-up here. Um, do you want to read any emails? Charge what you want to charge, but okay. stop it. Okay. Stop charging me $7 just oh, for boy. parking a compact sedan in your GD spots. Like what? Is that, what happened to the parking lot back there? They're doing remodeling on like the second floor. My question is, 
when they're done with that and all those materials are no longer needing to be stored in that old parking, does that old parking open back up? Guys, Matt. Or have they seen Matt that they can now charge us seven dollars? Fixated on the parking. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> that I mean, I'll never forget that moment. I of, won't either. Of me shoveling seven dollars out of my wallet and pocket. I'm I'm glad I was able to observe it because I feel like you wouldn't have. Understood. I wouldn't have understood that it, how insane it was. It was crazy. It was crazy. There should be like a rule, like okay, if we swipe the credit card for over $8,000 at one time. And then we realize there hasn't been a parking charge added. We don't get to add the charge. It's kind of like at the, at like, you know, at like fast food places or some other places, they'll be like, if you don't get a receipt, your meal is free. Yes. It should be like that. It should be. It should be like, if we don't charge you for parking, you don't pay. Yeah. Okay. This email comes from Anonymous. Hi, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I wish we weren't all on this not so excellent adventure. Uh, want to let you know that I transferred a mosaic embryo that 42% of the sample showed monos- monosomy slash deletion on chromosome 2. This is our own embryo signal that someone has answered. Totally. I didn't get a ton of info on what that meant because basically nobody knows. The embryo was given a transfer with caution label and left up to my husband and I to decide what to do. After much debate, we decided to transfer it slash Hail Mary it. Uh, unsurprisingly, and possibly with a little relief, the cycle ended in a BFN. Big fat negative. Oh, thank you. I had that literally had no idea. Message what that board meant. lingo. I gotcha. Uh, like so many before, why the hell did we transfer a mosaic embryo? Because it was a last resort, and I believed it was go. If it was going, if it wasn't going to work, it would end in a big fat negative, or a very early miscarriage. Uh, like others before, I believe that mosaic embryos have little chance of working, but I needed to know what would happen before moving on. Fair enough. A little background on me. I've been trying to conceive for six years. Short version is after 10 IVF cycles with my own eggs, I moved on to try a cycle with my sister's eggs. She was five years younger than me and was 36 at the time of her cycle. Uh, she has no children, has never been pregnant, but had a good egg reserve. Uh, from her cycle, my husband's sperm, we had 11 five-day blasts and all seemed amazing. I transferred one fresh chemical pregnancy number five for me and tested the remaining 10 from the PGS testing. Just one embryo was normal, Ooh. but poor quality and three were mosaics. Devastating results. Transferred the one normal, big fat negative of the three mosaics. Only the one we transferred, which... Uh, with the chromosome 2 deletion was able to be considered for transfer the other two were not apparently embryos with 20% or less mosaicism are considered normal and anything above is considered mosaic so it's somewhat arbitrary number some clinics don't even transfer them my two cents is that the mosaic is unlikely to work and not worth the stress and cost to transfer but I completely understand the need to know what happens in the frustration of being told you have mosaic without being told what it really means I feel your pain best of luck to you both uh, thank you for sharing your story, and happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Anonymous, for going through what we were. We uh, also may have to go through, or we're not going through. Have we just we said no? I think we've landed on no. Dory has landed on no, everyone. But that that's subject to change, like everything else. Oh, sometimes I think, is this a BFN or no? Wait, or yes? What? A BFP? <laughs> BFP. Big fat positive. Exactly. Is there a BFP? Is yeah. It? <laughs> that's so dumb no one says that Who i know says that that's why that's why i banned acronyms on the on the facebook page well we did not ban them in email yet 
Well, no, I've said that I don't like them. <gasps> I know. Should we take another quick Should break? we say, what is PGS? Pre, Pre- pre-implantation genetic screening. There you go. Okay. Well, we always say PGS. We do. But that's not message board slang. That's medical okay. abbreviation. I love medical abbreviation. Oh, God. Okay. okay. <sighs> Back to the emails. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. So far, Dory, how would you say this is working out? This new podcast positioning. Um, I'm okay with it. I'm a little distracted by the photos on your computer. I'm not going to lie. Um... <laughs> Uh, why is that? Are you just like, I mean, you know how I am. I don't like when you fidget. So I obviously don't like anything in my like peripheral vision. Oh, so really this is all about you. Yeah. You're the weirdo. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, I'll just put these up and see if you can pay attention to me. Oh, interesting. Oh, That's the iPhone launch, everybody. Why are you doing this to me? I'm not doing anything to you. I thought we were in stage two. <laughs> this, 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 this is stage two. And uh, emailing us from stage two is Connie. Hey, guys. The real, real episode is so raw, funny, and unfiltered. I guess when there's tragedy, there's comedy. And Matt's comedic timing and delivery was awesome. Oh, that's very sweet of you to say. I think everyone felt your frustration in that episode. In the previous episodes, Matt mentioned how technology sometimes makes things more complicated, like PGS testing. That had been in my mind uh, for you guys. For instance, in the past, no one genetically tested their embryos and also implanted them on day three versus day five, and healthy babies were still born. I hope I am not beating a dead horse, but would you consider not PGS testing them? I'm looking at Dory for an answer. I don't... I've brought this up. I mean... To whom? To Dr. Beck. Ah. They seem very convinced of the power of pgs testing (laughs) the power of pgs testing compels you um anyway speaking of you know what a term i hadn't heard in a long time what's that test tube baby yeah i hadn't heard that until i was watching austin powers 2 the spy who shagged me Mm -hmm. for james bonding yep out tuesday gotta listen to that yeah that term has kind of fallen out of favor no one says it (laughs) yeah it's weird well it's kind of a it's not a nice term. I thought it was a test too, baby. It really, uh, he was Frau and Dr. Evil's love child. Yeah. Wow. Well, a, lot of, a lot of fun there. Uh, Frau Herbicina. Yep. I did not PGS test my embryos and put all four in at once. Oh, my goodness. And got three healthy triplets at age 40. Triple, oh, my goodness. Just food for thought. And if you're thinking, fuck you to this email. No, I'm not. I get it. I'm sure the last thing you want to hear is unsolicited advice. No, that's what the emails are for. <laughs> I uh, love you both, Connie. Thank you, Connie. Why am I talking like this? Because you were just talking about Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Well, that wasn't really a... Uh, I apologize. I wonder if it... This is probably not the podcast for that, but UK listeners to this podcast. One or two of you. Do you have strong thoughts about Austin Powers? Email me. <laughs> Email the podcast and let me know. Do you think it's terrible? Did you enjoy it? Thanks. Okay. <laughs> This is from Anonymous. Uh, Dear Matt and Dory. Uh, Actually, that was Dory and Matt. I just transposed it in my head. Wow. So, stage two, y'all. I was listening to your last episode, and after all the times I've thought about writing in. Oh, this is a long one. Just want to let you know. (laughs) Felt like now is the time. Here we go. I'm trained as an OBGYN. 
now is probably time good time to say that I'd like to be anonymous. Look, buckle up, you are already anonymous. Uh, very she is this she or he has she. a very you're anonymous story. You're not playing the anonymous game. Well, does she use she gender makes pronouns? It, she makes it clear that she is a she. Okay. <laughs> uh, contrary to some comments, but wh- I mean, it's a female OBGYN. People are going to lose their minds. They're going to know exactly who this is. <laughs> Kidding, because <laughs> I would say most OBGYNs are female. That's not true. Hey, is it not true? There are a lot of male OBGYNs. Oh. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> uh,. Okay. You know, you don't meet that many female urologists. Agreed. Should we start a female urology group? Yes. I should go back to school <laughs> and become a female urologist. What would you have to do? I would have to do would a... Would you have to go get another degree? I'd have to get... I'd have to go to one of those um, pre-med, like requirement things like a lot of schools you can you go back to school for basically like two or three years to do all of your pre-med requirements do you have any desire to be a doctor because i'd happily support you through that no i don't okay i'm not good at science i'm not i think partly because i'm not that interested there's a mathlete trophy over here that tells me otherwise math is not science it is math is a science it's not biology and or organic chemistry you know you have to do all those pre-med requirements and then once you do those, then you apply to medical school. Medical school is four years. Then you do your residency, then your internship. Like it would be 10 to 12 years before I would be a practicing urologist. Well, this practicing or formerly practicing OBGYN writes in to say contrary to some comments people have made in the past, uh, the specialty or field of OBGYN, I guess it's a specialty, actually does include some training in reproductive endocrinology and infertility. Hmm. I no longer practice gynecology or obstetrics, and I focus on high-risk pregnancies. Uh, This is for sick moms or sick babies. Uh, That said, I also have a history of infertility requiring IVF, recurrent mid-trimester pregnancy loss. And uh, preterm birth, and then a successful term pregnancy. All told, it took more than five years of heartbreak, including the death of an extremely premature daughter, uh, to give birth to my delightful uh, science baby, who is now 13 months old and the absolute light of my life. We got some, we got some happiness at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why IVF doctors haven't written into your podcast. Me either. This is a big contention of mine last week, but I can tell you why I haven't before. Even at times when I thought it might be helpful, I want to start saying, I think you guys are incredibly open, vulnerable, compassionate, and honest, but I've recommended your podcast to many friends going through infertility. But it's really hard to hear some of the ways in which your listeners talk about doctors. Oh, I like that we're off the hook. So far. So, so when, I, when I read this, I thought maybe I misread it. I thought she was saying we the way we talk about doctors. No. Okay, so she's saying there are listeners. Well, you know, a lot of times our listeners do write in, but they're sharing their stories. And often I find that a lot of the stories that we're hearing are from people who have had to seek other doctors because they either call their OBGYN ignorant, they don't like the way that the uh, OBGYN was treating them, uh, you know, if they had PCOS or if it was, I'm sorry, PCOS. Yeah. We don't say PCOS. I only say PCOS. Yeah. Uh, Um. Uh, etc and like getting these second opinions and just a lot of uh you know 
a lot of feelings towards their original physician. Right. right. And I feel like that is a common theme that happens in our emails. I think you're right. So I think that is what Anonymous is writing about right now until maybe I'll read on and we'll be wrong. I've been wrong many times. Because <laughs> uh, it frequently... Okay, here we go. But it's really hard to hear some of the ways in which your listeners... Oh, you and other listeners yeah, talk about okay, doctors. that's oh, what I thought. I did make it wrong. <laughs> frequently tinged with the perspective that doctors are motivated by money. Oh, my God. <laughs> we just said that. Uh, their lifestyle, not digital, diligent about details. Now, let me just say that my money thing is really about parking. <laughs> I know you're listening to this, probably. I know. I hope you're still listening after all the things we've done. Look, I'm in an industry. Uh, I, I'm in a television industry, which is only driven by money, unless you're Shonda Rhimes, who just needs to tell a story. Um, but the rest of us <laughs> want to earn a living. Uh, follow up to that. Parking is free. Everywhere I've ever worked. <laughs> okay. Uh, motivated by money panned their lifestyles not diligent about details and uninvested in their patients outcomes this is just contrary to the overwhelming majority of doctors i've ever known i i take issue with this idea that we feel like our doctors are uninvested in the outcomes i don't feel that way I believe we last week were talking about how hard Dr. Beck took yeah. it, or the week before. Yeah, even. and also how touched I was that she actually called Yeah, and didn't just let me find out through the portal. Yes. Now, our previous doctor, we might have said things like that. Yes. But that's part of why we switched and in the same clinic found a doctor who seemed to care more. Exactly. Uh, anyway, back to the anonymous email. Uh, contrary to overwhelming majority doctors I've ever known, it's hard for me to believe it's an accurate reflection of our profession. Well, you know, sometimes perception is the reality to some people. Uh, I don't want to write and be defensive, nor do I want to discount your experience. I want to listen. Uh, I really struggle. This is a long email. I really struggle hearing people without medical training talk about medicine and physicians. Uh, and for me, uh, obstetrics and birth, but this is a whole other topic. We invest an enormous amount. It's like me reading a review of a television show. Where I'm like, you don't really know how it, the cookie's made. Why are you criticizing this cookie? Anyway. Uh, P.S. I'm into cookies. That's for me, not from Anonymous. Mm. Uh, okay. We invest an enormous amount of time and energy, lost opportunity and money into our training. That's our choice. I love my job. It's a privilege to do it, but I'm 38 years old. I've spent literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on my education. I still work up to 80 hours a week and what works out to the hourly equivalent of minimum wage in my state. Involuntarily spend holidays and nights away from my family. Me too. Uh, missed weddings. Ditto. Funerals. Me too. Holidays. Me too. Ordinary life moments. Plenty of those for me, and I just write television. Uh, I have no control over my schedule. Ditto. And <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. Why are you this? Doing is this is insane. <laughs> uh, you're a doctor, not a magician. So, anyway. Uh, during my training, I went through infertility, pregnancy loss, the birth and death of my daughter, and life-threatening infection and hemorrhage, and then went back to work a week later at the same place where these events happened because that is what medicine demands of us. 
This is all fine. There are trade-offs of my profession. I made the choice to do this. I have an amazing job. I get to be part of the most intimate and vulnerable moments of my patients' lives, help keep them safe and healthy, and they try to grow as they try to grow their families, get to do work that is meaningful and challenging, and know that eventually I will have relative job security and get fairly compensated. Celebrating and grieving with families has been made all the more poignant by my own experiences of loss, and it is truly a privilege to be in my patients' lives. I am lucky. But the public narrative around physicians' medical encounters, especially in certain fields such as infertility, is not one that recognizes our costs and sacrifices, nor that respects and values our expertise, and it can be wearing and demoralizing. It's one in which people perceive doctors to be uncaring, motivated by money and lifestyle, and uninvested in our patients' lives. And I have to say, I hear that perspective in your podcast. When you and listeners talk about your doctors driving their fancy cars to their mansions, when you say they don't care, when you insinuate that or say outright that you or the internet know better than your doctors, well, I knew better than my fucking doctor because I know how my sperm works. Anyway, I get it. <laughs> I totally get that it feels that way. Oh, that didn't just feel that way, Dr. Anonymous. I kind of asked not to do this transfer. Anyway, retrieval. The, the retrieval. I didn't even kind of ask. Anyway, that's a failing to be sure on the part of physicians and broad, more broadly modern American medicine. We've allowed it to become a service industry. Well... The whole health industry as a whole in this country is broken. And we do a fairly shitty job of service. I know that because I've been an IVF patient. I've gone to get labs and ultrasounds done at 7 a.m. across town where I just got off working a 14-hour shift and then waited three hours. I've only had medication. I've had medication delivery failures. I've gotten devastating test results over a patient portal. Uh, I've had medical procedures performed without as much regard for my comfort as I think should have happened, but because I know the doctors on the other side of the drapes, I also know that these experiences are also enormously frustrating and heart-wrenching for them. Then why, 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 why didn't they care more about your comfort? I'm very confused by this. Because that's not in, their, in control of their schedules or the fees charged for their services uh, of their wait times, of their valet fees. Oh, boy. Okay, here's the deal. They don't need to have a valet. They're never double parking people. They don't block in people. There are parking spots that are there. for. They're trying to add this service that no one wants to pay for for this valet parking. They never park outside of the garage. They've just essentially blocked off parking. And you have to use their valet. So this is my main concern right now. This parking situation. I sound crazy. You're a very nice person and you're writing in here and I appreciate it entirely. But I'm really angry about this parking fee. Uh, their embryology lab and genetic counseling communication of the cost of medications of the results of cycles. Modern medicine is not controlled by doctors. It's controlled by corporations, hospitals, insurers, and large corporate policies. That's true. It's hard for me to put any of this into a coherent response on any given week. I've tried many times. Uh, what I've been left with is this. I've literally been that doctor. 
I know how much they truly care. I've been the doctor in the emergency room taking care of the patient with the miscarriage of the desperately desired pregnancy. I've done the surgery for the ectopic pregnancy that removes someone's only functioning fallopian tube and that ta- and takes away any chance of spontaneous pregnancy. I've given patients the result of ovarian reserve testing, which shows that they have no meaningful chance of having their own biological children. I've poured over OMIM and PubMed, hoping to find a study that will let me give someone hope that despite their abnormal genetic testing, the their baby has a chance of surviving. I remember my patients who have had devastating losses, and literally years later, I'm still hoping that they have been able to grow their families and recover from the trauma of their infertility loss. And I'm not unique, uh, not in my or unusual. Every doctor I know truly feels the same. I, I'm going to interrupt here. Yeah. And say something potentially controversial. Well, I think that's what we do on this show. We upset all parties. I think Dr. Anonymous may be over-invested in her patients. Oh, no. That is controversial. And it sounds like I'm hearing a lot of bitterness and anger in this email. And it sounds like she's been through a ton of traumatic shit, both personally and in her work. And I hope she's in therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, I really do. And I also think, I don't know, it's like, I think she's project, it sounds like she's projecting her own experience onto other doctors. Well, I think that's also what we do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I, 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 I'm, I'm going to inject into your injection. Okay. Because this is stage two of marriage. Yep. And I'm going to say that she is all of us right now. She's being defensive about her profession, which I get. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, when I see something on television that is like done poorly or like, I'm like, ugh, the fight that must have happened in the writer's room or, you know, with the budget constraint or whatever, I, I feel that pain. And the reality of it is, in my choice to defend bad television, there is also the possibility that there are just shitty writers out there. Right. Totally. And, and shitty people who make shitty television because that's the best they can do. Totally. So, but I don't really ever admit that in my own head even. Right. And, and I get what this doctor is doing. Dr. Hackenbush. That's what I'm going to call this doctor. Okay. That's what Groucho Marx was called in A Day at the Races. Oh, really? Yeah. Dr. Hackenbush. Okay. Dr. Hackenbush. That's what Margaret Dumont would say. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he was a vet. It was, he was a horse, he was a horse doctor. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> wow, this is really this is taking gone. a turn. I, look it, I think this is one of the best emails we've ever gotten. I think it's one of the longest emails we've ever gotten. It's, and certainly, I think, it's certainly one of the longest we've ever read. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's one of the most interesting perspectives, because this is, again, this is the perspective we've asked for. Yes. And this is the perspective I wanted. Yes, and now you're getting it. And, uh... Oh, boy, are you getting it. <laughs> now, back to... Dr. Hackenbush. No, I'm not going to call this. Oh, okay. That, back to Dr. Anonymous. Okay. Uh... I'm not unique or even unusual. Every doctor I know truly feels the same. I've seen every REI trained uh, reproductive endocrinologist. What? What? REI. I don't know what that stands for. 
I know it's a wonderful uh, store where you the, can get a lot see of the context. Uh, uh, where I've seen a lot of great. You can get climbing gear there. Maybe it's, maybe it's reproductive endocrinology intern. Or, I trained with cry about their patients. Uh, yeah, I guess. Or maybe the maybe she just put an extra eye in there, and she just means re. Every re I trained. Yeah. With cry. Yeah. R e i i i. Maybe. See what I'm saying? Maybe you can write back and tell us. Uh, I've seen everyone stretch the limits of their knowledge and ability to try to improve their outcomes. <sighs> this, I'm sure, comes off as defensive. <laughs> <laughs> seems like she has an answer for everything <laughs> that we're saying. She seems very smart. Uh, she is a doctor. That's the smartest of the bunch. Uh, I've invested too much of my time, energy, and identity, identity life into being a physician for this not to feel deeply personal, but it's also genuine. All this is to say, I don't know why IVF doctors don't write in. I think part of it is they might understand that these are... So, I don't even know this word. Oh, sorry. I was reading subtitles in my brain and not reading the word subtleties. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh. I am quite possibly the dumbest person in podcasting uh to which we as listeners aren't privy to that limit their ability to fully understand the situation they can't give advice ethically or frankly mm, oh my god medical legally is that a word medico legally i assume that means you know without malpractice yeah it's shitty but true uh that the muzzles are on to some extent, as doctors. It might be out of respect for your doctor's expertise. It might be out of fear that their perspective might not be as valued as having any additional weight above uh, Google or someone else's untrained instincts. Thank you for sharing your experience week after week and giving a forum for others to do so. It prevents the passage of time from diminishing my years of infertility loss. And the more I can remember that longing trauma and at times desperation, the better job I do as a doctor important to me that i listen to and witness other people's experiences especially as i sit here uh with the retrieval i'm sorry with the relative privilege of parenthood and doctordom truly wish you all the best infertility is the fucking worst and i'm so sorry that you're still going through such shittiness well anonymously yours for the purposes of the pod thank you for that email um this untrained psychiatrist is going to say she sounds like she's suffering from PTSD. Hmm. Well, we are all untrained psychologists. And I have to say, therapy has helped me quite a bit. Yeah. And it could help everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you. And yeah, thank you for taking That's an the interesting time. perspective on why they're not writing in. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But I don't want unsolicited advice from IVF doctors. No, I don't either. 
and that's not what I've ever what I've been wondering of why they're not listening or whether or not they're listening. I think what I'd like to know is just I'm out here and I hear you. Yeah. That's it. I don't want them to write in and tell me about my fucking mosaic, non-mosaic embryo and what to do with the male embryo and why the previous doctor didn't spot a septum. Like, I don't, that's not, what are they going to do? They don't have our medical records. They don't know everything. So I don't want that advice. What I'm looking for on this podcast is just some sort of uh, validation that we're out there and we're human beings too. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Yep. So uh, anonymous IVF doctor, I respect every single word of your email except the part about parking. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Anonymous. Thank you, Dr. Anonymous. But seriously with the parking? Come on. Come on. Look, I get it. They have to rent those spaces from the building they're in. I know. But guess what? Throw the fucking cost into the overhead. Charge me. Oh boy. Okay, we're going to move on. Charge me 40. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I'm not asking for anything crazy. I just want you to like, I'm saying charge me for it, but don't tell me about it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Oh, God. I am, I am off the rails right he now. He sure is. This is from Teresa. Oh, boy. Here's Teresa again. I've been listening to your podcast from the beginning. My husband and I were on the quest to become parents for nearly 12 years. We recently adopted a beautiful baby girl in December. Prior to that, we went through years of fertility treatments, none covered by our insurance, including one fresh IVF and one FET. Nothing was successful. Our doctor thought it was just a bad, quote, flip of the coin. She thought I might just magically get pregnant one day. She's an incredibly optimistic RE. We had blown most of our savings. We still wanted to be parents. The IVF slash FET cycle and hormones were horrible in my body. I just had another surgery. And after much discussion and soul searching, we decided we would pursue adoption. I wanted to write to say anyone who suggests that you should, quote, just adopt is an idiot. (laughs) Our adoption journey was just seven days short of five years. Yep. People have no idea what a struggle adoption can be as well. I think we do. We do. We went through several failed matches, including one that we were at the hospital and held the baby before the situation fell apart. Jeez. Don't let anyone tell you where you should be on your journey. In addition to being just as heart-wrenching as the IVF journey, adoption can be expensive as well. Thankfully, my brother was able to financially help us afford the adoption. Nice job, brother. You think Michael will step up? No. Yeah. I don't say any of this to dissuade you, but you really have to be prepared for what the adoption journey will be like before you decide. I wish more people understood. We finalized our daughter's adoption in June and are ecstatic to be her parents and would do the whole thing again to find her. But there wasn't anything, quote, just about adopting. Our current adoption agency, Mm -hmm. we switched from our original one, is wonderful. And as soon as we save up some money, we plan to get back on the waiting family list. Thank you for being really real on the podcast. This journey is so difficult. Sometimes you can't be positive. I remember the days of crying in the shower, crying at restaurants, hanging up from yet another pregnancy announcement and breaking down in the middle of the grocery store. I will never forget those feelings, despite the joy I feel now. Teresa, instead of crying at a restaurant, order dessert. Hmm. Eat the feelings. Okay. That's my advice. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck on your journey. I encourage you to keep it real. You are helping people. Thanks, Teresa. Uh, she has a PS. Oh, let's hear it. 
I also love your Star Trek The Next Conversation podcast. Oh, thank you, Teresa. Matt. Good plug. My family is full of Trekkies, and listening to you and Andy feels like a conversation among my cousins. <laughs> so thanks for that, too. You're very welcome, and thank you for listening to that. I'm sure yeah, I... I'm sure think... Dr. Anonymous ain't got time for my Star Trek pod. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um... Yeah, I recently had a conversation with someone who was like, you know, I I know this agency that you could go to that, and it'll be really quick. And I was like, what, you like buy a baby off Craigslist? Like, what are you what are you talking about? It's just like it. I mean, there. I bet there. Are, you know, that'd be an interesting. Here's a free television show idea for anyone out there who's listening and wants to write television. Some sort of adoption power broker some sort of brokerer of adoption maybe you maybe it's like the ray donovan of adoption you know and maybe some of it's dark maybe they're out there like getting these babies from some dark places or maybe they're just overbidding everyone or maybe there's the threat of violence who knows that's up for you to for you to write. Honey, I think you should pitch this. And I think to that, Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> and I think that uh, maybe uh, this this power broker I picture it as female, not unlike a Olivia Pope situation. Sure. But uh, I would say that this person is probably doing it solely because of their infertility struggle. Mm. And that's what they're motivated by. Mm -hmm. And uh, their drink is tequila, not red wine. Okay. And they also don't wear white. Yeah, she was always wearing white and sitting on a white couch. She was, had the white hat. It was insane. She had the white hat. <sighs> anyway, that's my free television show idea. If anyone needs more, contact my agent. Um, this is from Sarah. Hi, Dory. I'm thinking about writing the company I work for to ask if they would consider adding fertility coverage. Ooh, Dory did that. To our plan for next year. I remembered that you did that at BuzzFeed, and I'm wondering if you would be willing to share what you wrote and how you worded it. I really want the email to seem smart and professional. If you don't seem, if you don't feel comfortable or have time, I totally understand. Best of luck to you and Matt. I enjoy listening every Monday on my way to work. Um, I don't have the email anymore because it was in my BuzzFeed email, which I no longer have access to since I've left BuzzFeed. Um, and I actually feel like it was not particularly smart or professional. I believe was I it more emotional. It was emotional because I'm emotional. I'm an emotional person. Sometimes to my detriment. Yeah, I know. Let's go read that wonderful uh, piece you wrote about not freezing your eggs. Anyway, continue. Oh, God. <laughs> I think about that almost every day. Oh, my God. Okay. What? Jesus it's Christ. It's not like I can actually get mad at past you, but I can get mad at writer you for writing that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I love my wife so much. This is part of stage two. I said, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but my husband and I have been doing IVF. We've, I think at that point we had spent $40,000 out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, it's causing a lot of stress on my work, mm -hmm. on me personally. Um, and you know, part of that could be mitigated 
by BuzzFeed offering some kind of fertility coverage. And I, I believe at that point I was naively optimistic that whatever transfer we were doing at the time was going to work. And I was like, it's probably too late for me, but you know, this would be great for someone, you know, for, for people in the future. Um, so it was not too late. It was not too late. We got to take advantage of that. We for did one take year, advantage of it. Um, up, up to almost a round. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know what kind of company you work for, what kind of relationship you have with the HR department. I felt comfortable kind of putting it all out there. Um, so I hope you do too. All right. We have one more email and then we just have to, um, read, uh, hear from our, uh, our patreon supporters Mm -hmm. this is from lex hey lex welcome back hey guys i'm sure that by now you've already received tons of emails and calls offering up support and encouragement but i thought that i would pile on i know that when i'm stressed wait a second lex put out the lex signal did anyone write back about lex's uh questioning his parent questions no oh my god get out there people and get lex some help via this podcast i know that when i'm stressed out and or depressed there's not much that other people however well-meaning can do to alleviate it i Mm -hmm. find that some combination of tears screaming and slayer nice usually helps but everyone is different and not everyone appreciates the healing qualities of speed metal what i normally want slash need in these situations from other people is just to be heard without being without being given opinions and quote solutions and not to be dismissed with an everything will be okay, but to be reassured that I've found that I have someone who cares about me that will just be there for me when I ask for it. That is what true friends and loved ones do for each other. To be a quiet and supportive shoulder to be cried on or an understanding and listening ear can be the kindest gift sometimes. Mm. I think that the two of you have that not only in each other, but in this group of listeners who've been following along with you for 90 plus episodes. So on that note, Matt, I love you. Dory, I love you. What you were going through sucks, and I wish that you weren't. If I can do anything to help, I'm here. Lex. P.S. Oh. Just a quick Bond update. Mm-hmm. John decided that he wanted to start with Goldeneye. <laughs> but on Matt's suggestion, he is going with You Only Live Twice next. Nice. Yeah. Thank you, Lex. I appreciate that. Lex. I appreciate that email. Great job. Um. All right. Well, that about does it. Just a. Another reminder that you can support us on Patreon uh, and get up to two bonus episodes per month. And also, it just really helps us as we continue down this horrible and winding road. And that's at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. Uh, we'll have another batch of supporters' names to read next week. But We're just hoping to raise enough to put Dory through med school. Yep, to become a urologist. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought mm-hmm. you'd maybe do the IVF thing so we could get that for free. Well, I'm hoping there will be some sort of reciprocity. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. All right. Julia, Aaron Turley, Amy. Uh, welcome, everybody. This, uh, if, For those of you who have signed up this month, you will be on this list next month. Correct. Amy, mm-hmm. Catherine Regan, Hi. Evelyn Schmevelin, <laughs> Rachel Kuzma, mm-hmm. Jennifer Steele, Chelsea, Abba N, Katie Looper, Audrey Watson, Stephen Azar, Carrie Mills, Siri K. Gasky, Wendy Nielsen, Linnea Thunsell, uh-huh. Catherine Simpson, Jennifer Floyd, Jessica S., Zulema Flamion, Danielle Kohler, Natalia, Stu, our landlord. Oh, you know what we didn't say? What? What I wanted to say was last week when we played the Talking Heads song. Yeah. 
I accidentally was working in the same project file from GarageBand. So when I exported Star Trek The Next Conversation, at the same point in that podcast, which is about an hour and four minutes in, that was the end of our podcast, but only halfway into our podcast. <laughs> oh, no. The talking head started playing, faded up, and then went out. So I had just left the outro track on, and it happened and rendered out, and people were very confused by it. <laughs> That's brilliant. All right. Who's after Stu? Uh, Ashley Cicely, Lee, mm-hmm. SJV, Alec and Meredith Babel, mm-hmm. Lex Conant, Lex. Sarah Reistad Long, uh-huh. Tara Robstad, Magana Prasad, Nicola Skidmore, or Nicola, Nicola Skidmore, <laughs> Mary B., Nicole Pondé, mm-hmm. Meryl Stark, Kelsey Kinneman, Martin Hedegaard Peterson, Christy Magsalis, Bruno Macias, Shay Voorhees, Anonymous, Cosmo Moore, Chinami Worth, Anne Real, Tyler Rosewood, and Victoria D. Thank you all so very much. Uh, truly, uh, these guys were kind enough to be with us before our sadness. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them might still be with us. Yes. So that's amazing, and thank you all. Uh, anybody who's new and you want to hear yourself shout it out, they, uh, after the August 1st, that we have that final list, and then we can do it for August. Yep. Anything you would like to plug, Doris Uh Listen to my other podcast, Forever 35. Listen to Forever 35. Are you a lady? Are you at home? Do you want to take care of uh It's not yourself? just for ladies. Oh, is it not? No. It's anyone can anyone listen. for anyone who wants to self-care? Yeah. And also, you don't have to be at home to listen. Also, you can listen in the car on the way to work. You can listen on a treadmill, wherever we, you want to listen. We are listened to mostly by women, but we've started hearing from women who have like played it in the car with their husbands, uh-huh. and now their husbands are into it. That's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's called Forever 35, and uh, I can think of a certain OBGYN who used to practice particularly that field who might be getting some useful things from that podcast. Yeah. A little self-care. A little self-care. Uh, How about you? you have anything to plug? No. Okay. <laughs> the one person who listens to both of these podcasts, Teresa, thank you. All right. Was it Teresa? Yeah. I know. But Christopher Fenaghi also listens to oh, both. Yeah. I mean, look, there's actually a lot we of have, crossover. We have some crossover. Um, so thank you to everybody, and uh, thanks for putting up with us and still subscribing to this podcast. Yep. We truly appreciate it, and we will see you all next week. Uh, Patreon, I would look out this week, probably, for that episode. Uh, for the episode of the podcast that will be the first of the two bonus episodes. Okay. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.